Welcome into the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? Welcome in. It's the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. I had a chance to catch up with NFL Network's Rhett Lewis this week. Uh, we love chatting with our national media folks and try to get their opinion on what they think the Texans might do with their first round picks, the number two and the number 12. Currently, as it stands, we're about a week away from the draft and the opinion seems to change every single week. So um, if you're keeping up with the latest, well, you know, I'm sure it's going to change by the time you hear this, but we're going to get Rhett's thoughts on uh, what he thinks would be a success at number two and number 12. Uh, you might be surprised by what he has to say about number two and or number 12, or maybe you're not surprised at all, but we're going to chat with them about that. Plus, we're going to get his thoughts on some of the free agent signings here this offseason, and uh, he's got a couple of favorites that the Texans have added to their roster to add a little bit of depth. So we're going to get into all that. And, you know, Rhett is just such a great friend of the show because his sister Morgan actually works for the Texans. She handles the players, community events, um, and all that. And so we go through Morgan whenever we want to book players for, say, the radio show or appearances. So he's her brother. He's very plugged in with the Texans because his sister works here. And we love getting Rhett uh, to talk some Texans with us. So we're going to get it right into that. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston so you can do more of what you love. Stream the game on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network and keep your home team happy with a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. Rhett Lewis on the Deep Slam podcast presented by Xfinity. Rhett, I know you're really busy with the draft right now, but I have got to ask you, 2022 to 2023, I mean, these are completely different drafts. If we're talking quarterbacks this year. We yeah. weren't even mentioning quarterbacks this early in the draft last year. I think it's a great point, DP, because I think that is going to absolutely dominate the drama at the top of the draft now that we get quarterbacks back involved in that conversation with just Kenny Pickett kind of carrying the flag for the position in the first round a year ago. Now, like, I think we could certainly see four quarterbacks in the top 10, maybe five in the first round total. So I, I think there's just so much drama and intrigue. And obviously the Texans will play a big part of that at number two. Yeah, I saw your mock draft. You have the Texans taking Ohio State C.J. Stroud at number two. So yep. why Stroud over some of the other quarterbacks in this draft class and even defensive players at number two? Well, I, and I think there's a ton of options, um, obviously, for uh, for the Texans evaluation crew to parse through at number two. And, and look, if quarterback is a spot where you see the face of your franchise for the next decade and you've got that kind of grade on a player, you got to take him. Like, it's just that that's the deal in the NFL. Now, if you don't have one of the top five quarterbacks, you better be on the hunt for one. And so if that's, you know, what the Texans believe is sitting there at number two, then absolutely it makes sense. And with C.J. Stroud, to me, he could certainly fit that bill because he is the best pure passer in this draft, plain and simple. He throws the ball um, better than anybody on a consistent basis. Now, are there things that Bryce Young from Alabama does that makes him maybe a more attractive prospect overall? Yeah, sure. He's a playmaker. Um, he is an, an improvisational type of player. Once he breaks the pocket, he is a sudden, um, but he's also a slight player in terms of frame, whereas C.J. Stroud represents the more prototypical build. So I think that's a part of it. Um, so I think he fits and checked a lot of the boxes that you want from today's quarterback. And I think he has a little bit more ability talking about uh, more mobility, talking about Stroud than maybe he is given credit for. So I think he would make a lot of sense. But look, if if you're happy with Davis Mills and you want to surround him with more talent and make a go at it that way, 
you've got a great choice of defensive players there at number two. Will Anderson from Alabama, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, Jalen Carter from Georgia seem to fit that bill for me. So I, I'm really intrigued by the options here with the Texans. All right, I'm going to nail you down a little bit because you mentioned defensive okay. players, and that's where I was going to go next. So if it's yeah. not a quarterback at number two, who do you want the Texans to take at number two? Like if we go defensive. Yeah. Right. I think um, so. Here's the thing. You need a cornerstone need a cornerstone to build that defense into Miko Ryan's image over the next, you know, let's say, let's hope five to 10 years right in Houston. And so let's, let's kind of bring the Astros into this conversation because I talk about this analogy a lot uh, with my buddies, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks on the movie okay. podcast. So with the first round pick, you got to hit a double. Now, double doesn't sound as sexy as a home run, okay? It doesn't sound, you know, but you know what? Every now and then an Altuve stand-up double, that works just fine. It puts you in scoring position, and you're there, and you're ready to to kind of at least you know you've hit and you've found success. And to me, that's what Will Anderson feels like at number two from Alabama. You've seen the productivity at the highest level in college football uh, at Bama in the SEC over the last two years. Right. So he's got a great body of work and just feels like the type of player that you can hang your hat on on the defensive side of the ball. You can count on that player week in, week out. I think he's the safest pick in the draft. And that's something we all that's also a that's phrasing we sometimes use for players that don't have the elite feeling. I still think he has that part of it, too. So I think Will Anderson, if not quarterback, just makes the most sense because you're not going to miss on a player like that. And he's got the ability to be a 10-year multi-time pro bowler and a guy that can stand there and be the face of your defense. We heard general manager Nick Casario talk about fielding calls for that number two overall pick. It could be in play. Maybe the Texans, they trade that spot to another team. So uh, give me a scenario where you think that could play out, where the Texans trade out of number two, what you think is a possibility for draft night. Well, it's kind of interesting because I, I think if you're trading out of number two, you're saying we're not sold on the second quarterback on our board. Or you're saying we like the second quarterback on our board, but the value doesn't match up at number two. And that's that's fine, too. So at that point, you're making that decision. You know, if Bryce Young goes um, here, we don't want we don't want the next person off our board at the quarterback spot at number two. Now let's field some calls. So you've already made those calls in advance. You know what it's going to take to move down. You've got some teams that might be wanting to move up to take that next quarterback off the board. But I don't want to move down too far where I lose out on one of those three defensive players, right? I want one of those three big defensive players, Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. So to me, man, I really don't want to get too much further. Like, you know, gosh, do the Seahawks really want one of these quarterbacks? They've been doing some of the homework on them. Maybe the Raiders at seven and you could still kind of find your way into one of those top defensive players or, you know, you feel better about taking a quarterback at seven or at six and then you still have 12. So I think trading down is definitely a possibility. All right. So let's talk about what you would consider a success for the Texans with number two and number 12. Who do they pick or or say not number two, um, another draft spot yeah. and number 12? What's considered success with the first two picks in the draft for the Texans? I want a cornerstone. I want the cornerstones of your franchise here, right? So, it, it, to me, take the quarterback at two, take the best defensive player available to you at number twelve, and you're setting yourself up for the next decade on both sides of the ball. That's what I feel like this draft really represents that kind of opportunity. So, if C.J. Stroud's the guy at two, let's come back at number twelve. Let's look if Lucas Van Ness is there from Iowa at number twelve. 
feels like a great opportunity uh, to make that pick there and to get a, a, a bona fide stud on the defensive side of the ball uh, that can help you in a variety of ways. I do feel like there's a little J.J. Watt in his game, but I don't want to say that too loudly, okay? Don't put that out on Twitter just yet. We don't want to make that type of comparison. We want to put that, put that on him on just shoulders. yet, yeah. Right. Um, you know, I, I think of a Nolan Smith. I think of a Miles Murphy. I think of players uh, in that uh, in that vein right there. Um, so ideal scenario, you get your franchise cornerstone on offense and defense, and you're building for the next decade right there. All right, I like it. All right, a big success from last year's draft yeah. class, Damian Pierce. So in free agency, the Texans added a veteran running back in Devin Singletary. How, how do you think Singletary really complements that backfield and what Pierce is able to do? I, I think it's a great point. I think it was a great move um, by Nick Casario and company there in Houston to uh, find somebody that offers you maybe just a little bit different of a skill set, right? Not necessarily the bull in the china shop that Damian Pierce is with his running style, uh, with the aggressive mindset that he has running between the tackles, outside the t- everywhere. He just wants contact and finds it. Singletary, a little bit more shifty, has a little bit more of the elusiveness uh, that you could use as a as that change of pace that we all like to use that phrasing when we're talking about running backs. And look, in this league, you got to have more than one. You got to have two backs that can get it done where you can give Damian a break, you know, if you need to here and there, you can spell him. And then you can also find ways to accentuate his skill set. I think about the Kansas City Chiefs winning the the Super Bowl this year. I think about you know, Isaiah Pacheco, who has a little Damian Pierce in him, right? And a physical aggressive running style. And then you throw Jarek McKinnon in there. Uh, and he's a guy that gives you that Devin Singletary type of option. So I kind of see a little bit of that, a little bit of correlation with how the Chiefs operated in the run game with maybe how the Texans can by adding Singletary. All right. Well, the Texans receiving core also ramped up with some additions this offseason. The Texans signed tight end Dalton Schultz and then also wide receiver Robert Woods. So let's start with Schultz. Played tremendous yeah. football last year, especially down the stretch for the Cowboys in the postseason. Just a total touchdown scoring machine. So what does he do so well as a tight end? Yeah, I think Schultz gives you that that real option as a pass catcher uh, from that tight end spot, which you know allows you to work that middle area of the field uh, with some reliable hands, the ability to create some separation with his athleticism. Um, and then, you know, I think just you're looking at matchups with Dalton Schultz. Because, you know, when you got a guy like Robert Woods on the outside, Nico Collins uh, on the outside, you know, counting on John Mechie to come back this year and, and you know, uh, love all the positive momentum that he's had in his recovery. And so you add that in, man, you got a terrific like 11 personnel grouping, three wide receivers, one tight end. You get Pierce in the backfield. You've got so many different ways to attack the defense. And Schultz is a big part of that. I think, uh, you know, in and around the middle of the field, working some of those benders in the middle, and, and then just, uh, again, trying to accentuate the matchup problems that they can cause there. All right. How about Robert Woods, just a veteran wide receiver? Yeah. How does that help a young quarterback? It helps a young quarterback. I think it helps young wide receivers looking to take the next step. Uh, talking about a guy like Nico, uh, helping shepherd a guy like John Mechie, who essentially is going to be a rookie again this year, having not been able to play last year. Um, I think there's a lot to like about the veteran presence. Again, a winning pedigree uh, from his time in Los Angeles, uh, having been to a Super Bowl. Like there's a lot that Houston wants that Robert Woods has accomplished, right, in his career. And I think he helps bring you back closer to that, you know, when you were winning four division titles in five years and back to back, 18, 19, and that sort of thing. So I, I just think the experience and then just, again, reliability. You know where he's going to be on the field. 
which whoever's playing quarterback back there is going to be able to count on. I know I, if I got to get the ball out quickly, I know Robert's going to be exactly where he needs to be. And I know where I'm going to be able to find him. And I'm going to count on him to catch the ball, move the sticks, keep the offense on the field. Texans also added a veteran on defense in D Jimmy Ward. Played a little bit of nickel. D'Amico Ryan says he's definitely going to play safety. And then last year, the Texans yeah. drafted Jalen Petrie, another safety back there. So what does the impact of a guy like Jimmy Ward do for this Texans defense, especially yeah. having that he's played for D'Amico Ryan's before? Well, first off, can we just take a hat tip um, to everybody involved with the Texans draft class a year ago? The fact that you get starter caliber players with your first five picks is incredible uh, in this day and age. And like, it really is. Players, yeah. that, players that you can build around, right? All the way up at the top with Sting, to Kenyon Green, to Jalen Petrie, to, you know, Christian Harris, to John Mechie, you know, has that ability uh, when fully healthy. And man, it was just, and then Damian Pierce, obviously. So there's so much to like about that class. And then when you mentioned Jimmy Ward, like to me, that was the biggest free agent acquisition that the Texans got this year, because for D'Amico Ryans to implement the defense that we saw in San Francisco, that was the best in the league for the last couple of years, he needs a vessel on the field. Somebody who's been there and done that, and that is Jimmy Ward, who, again, when healthy, is one of the better safeties in the league. And now coming in with that experience in this system to help bring along a guy like Derek Stingley and to help bring along a guy like Jalen Petrie, I think that was an absolutely impactful signing. One of those things that you've got to have, especially with a first-year head coach, and then trying to reinstall a new defense in the first season as well. We saw Shaq Mason, right guard, also added yeah. to this Texans O-line that's anchored by Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard, who really held it down last year. So what do you like about the addition of Shaq Mason to this O-line? Yeah, again, a guy who's played in big games and has played for, you know, a quarterback who knows exactly what he wants. And, um, you know, I think that understanding, you know, the type of investment that the Texans are going to put in the quarterback position here moving forward, not just this year or next year, but, you know, Shaq Mason knows what that's like, you know, protecting both in Tampa and New England, a guy like Tom Brady. And so I think he knows what uh, demanding quarterbacks are like. He knows how to deal with those types of situations in, you know, in, in understanding what's been put on him as, as a potential starter for this team. And then look, even if he's not a starter, maybe he's your sixth offensive lineman. Maybe he's your guy that can help you and plug in right guard, left guard, you know, if somebody goes down, because you can't, you know, in today's league, you need, you're going to need seven, eight, nine offensive linemen um, just based on attrition. And so I feel like he's the guy that gives you some options on some flexibility there. And, and then just a proven commodity. All right. One more for you. Denzel Perryman yep. linebacker who had 154 tackles for the Raiders in 2021, set a franchise record for them. And then last year, 14 tackles for loss. So, how important was the addition of Perriman to, to really help D'Amico build that type of defense that he yeah. wants to DP, get ready for the boom, because Denzel okay. Perryman <laughs> is an absolute hit stick ready to just waiting to launch. And so that, that was the one thing I loved about his game, both when he was with the Chargers, when he was with the Raiders, had that Pro Bowl caliber season in 2021. Uh, Denzel Perryman is a stud. And uh, look, I think he is a he is a guy that can set a tone for a defense. And look, when you when you're playing Derrick Henry twice a year, you want a guy that on the flip side, because we know that Derrick Henry can dictate the pace of a game and set the tone from the offensive side. You want a guy that can match that type of intensity and physicality on the other side. And Denzel Perryman certainly fits that bill. The question is, you know, can he stay healthy for a full season? We saw what he was capable of in 21 when that happened. Other years, he's been fighting injuries. So let's hope he stays healthy because he's an impact player, if so. 
All right. Love the insight, Rhett, as always. So tell yeah. me about yourself. It's draft season. So yeah. you're on ESPNU. I know you're just everywhere right now, but tell me what you're doing these days. Yeah. So obviously, in addition to Path of the Draft, which we run weekdays up until the draft on NFL Network, 6 p.m. Eastern time on NFL Network. Um, I also do some work for SiriusXM, uh, host a weekly draft show on SiriusXM NFL Radio Channel 88, which is up this Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern time. And so then on Thursdays, uh, we do another draft show called Draft Central on uh, College Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 84. It used to be ESPNU Radio. And so we kind of take a position-by-position look at the draft class, talk to some experts around the league. We have some fun with mock drafts. So we've got another episode there, big quarterback-centric episode coming draft week as well. Uh, So, yeah, a lot to look forward to. It's my favorite time of year when we get to kind of merge the college and pro games. I just I I live for the draft. I live for this time, probably because my sister and I grew up tortured New Orleans Saints fans. And without a lot of wins, the draft was our (laughs) Super Bowl. So, so I love this time of year and I always have, but I love getting well, a chance to talk to you as well and, and to hang out with my Texans friends. It's always fun. And your sister Morgan, she works for the Texans and she does great stuff, just handling our players and player availability and just so much, does so much for that program as well. And you're one of our favorites. We're definitely biased towards you, Rhett. So appreciate the time as always. Looking forward to seeing all your draft coverage. Have a great draft and thanks again for the time. All right. Thanks a bunch, DP. Appreciate it. Well, if that doesn't get you excited about some of our free agent signings and the draft, I don't know what will, but just know that the draft is just around the corner, April 27th through the 29th, and the draft takes place at Kansas City, but there will be a party at the Miller Outdoor Theater. Come by and say hi. Texans All Access will be there, and all of Texans Radio uh, for that first night will be broadcast from the Miller Outdoor Theater from the party, from the draft party, and then we go inside the stadium for Friday and Saturday, but you can catch everything on HoustonTexans.com because we will have everything for you there and all of the coverage of the draft from the Houston Texans perspective. And so that is all coming up. I can't wait. I love draft season. I love all the speculation. And then I love seeing on draft night where all the chips fall and to see who some of the newest pieces of this Texans roster are going to be. So that's going to do for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, Texans.